Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for September 1st, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the, well, I just, I did a series on the miracles of Jesus at the beginning of the year. Now I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. We already studied the parable of the sower. Now we're studying the parable of the talents. I hope that you've been enjoying this series. If you missed yesterday's message, you should go back and check it out. The title of today's message is Pearls from the Parables, part 49. So this is part 49 already. We're only on the second parable. It's going to take us months to get through all these parables. The title of today's message is Understanding God's Economics, part two. Yesterday, I was dealing with like learning how God looks at economics, right? So like God's macroeconomics is way different than the world's macroeconomics. So we got to think like God. We got to look at things from God's point of view. God is completely limitless. There's no limit. And so when we get rid of these limiting thoughts and limiting factors in our hearts and in our minds, we then open up our heart to be able to do what it is that God has called us to do for such a time as this. Open up your heart now this morning to receive what God is about to release. All right, so let's get into it for this morning. I see somebody put in uh, in the chat right here, Chantel. Your teaching is broadening my understanding of no limits. And so yesterday's message and this message today should do just that. Now, you are only limited, Mark 9 and 23, you are only limited by your capacity to believe God. All things are possible, the Bible says, to him that believes. Now, there's some people that don't believe. If you don't believe something, then it's not that is not possible. It's just not possible for you because you don't believe it. So as a believer, what we want to do is get someplace where some where they're teaching us the word of God. So you need to be connected to a local church. You get today's word, but that, you know, you need to be connected to a local church and a local body of believers. And then as you're getting a constant and steady diet of the word of God, the word of God should reframe the way you think so that you can think like God. And once you learn how to think like God, especially in this area that we're talking right now, the parable of the talents has to do with stewardship. It also has to do with finances. And so we're learning some things. And today we're going to talk about generational impact. Go ahead and put that in the chat, generational impact. So you want to think from God's perspective and the word of God will change the way you think. You'll be transformed in order to think like God. Say amen to that. All right. So before we get into the message at our church, we've been looking at Psalms 126 and verse four all year. We believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. And matter of fact, let me just say this too. The reason why, you know, I teach today's word every day because God told me to do it. But the way that I approach scriptures and we keep going over and over again is because you got to get it down in your heart. I'm going to use this scripture as an example. Entering into 2023 at our church, right, our leaders declared, hey, this is a scripture we're going to meditate on this year. Well, let's be honest. Um, if I were not putting this before your ear gates every day, a lot of people just wouldn't even meditate on it. Like you have to put in the work. God gives us grace, but then we got to provide the faith and the action in order to tap into God's grace. If this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us, and I believe that it is, we, we need to meditate on that so that we're aware of it, we're conscious of it, and so that we could be renewed and restored. This is what the Bible says in Psalms 126 and verse four. There's a reason why I keep reading it for you. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Put in the chat, no 
dry areas for me. I keep telling you this because I don't want any area of your life. God doesn't want any area of your life to dry up. Say that. Say amen to that, right? No dry areas for me. Any area of my life that was dry, this is a season where God is drenching it. Again, a fresh fire, a fresh wind, a fresh anointing. Say amen to that. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14, dropping all the way down to verse 30. This is what Jesus said. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a wealthy man that went on a journey and he summoned his trusted servants together and he gave them financial management responsibilities before he left. He gave one person five talents of gold. We learned that that's over $10 million. He gave another person uh, two talents of gold. We learned that that was over $4 million. He gave another person one talent of gold. We learned that that was over two, two million, I mean, a million dollars, no, $2 million in today's economy because of the price of gold. It's 75 pounds of gold. And the Bible says that he gave it to each of them according to their ability to manage. To the one entrusted with the five talents of gold, he immediately went out and doubled the money. The one with two talents immediately went out and doubled the money. The one with one talent, he dug a hole and he buried it. He did nothing with the money. After much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts. There's going to come a day where God is going to want us to settle accounts, right? We're going to have to give account for, the, for what we did with the one life that God gave us. To the one entrusted with five talents of gold, I love it. He came back and he said, hey, master, I doubled your money. He, he didn't say this is my money. He said, listen, this is, I'm just the manager. You gave it to me. I managed it. And I'm so happy. I'm not, watch this. This is not something I've got to do. This is something I get to do. I count it a privilege and an honor to be a steward. I count it a privilege and an honor to be able to get to do this. And I doubled your money. And the master was like, man, enter now. You've been faithful. You've been loyal. You're a good servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. Matter of fact, what I gave you is little in comparison to what I'm about to do you. Oh my God, I'm about to bless you real good. Put in the chat, say, I receive it. I'm about to bless you real good. You've been faithful over little. I'm going to give you charge over much. Enter now into to the joy of the Lord. The guy with two talents said, hey, hey, I doubled the money too. He said, okay, well, you are faithful and you are loyal. Guess what? You're going to get the same reward. You was faithful over little. I'm about to bless you real good. Yes, yes. I'm going to give you charge over much. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. The guy that had one said, well, 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 I know, I know that you are a shrewd businessman and I know that you get rich off of the backs of other people. So I did nothing with your money. I, 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 I didn't lose it, but I didn't do nothing with it. I, I just dug a hole and I buried it. And here, now that you're back, take yourself. I don't even want it. Look how disrespectful he was. And the guy said, well, the owner said, man, if you know that I'm a businessman, you could at least put it in the bank and got me some interest, but you did nothing with the money. Verse 29, this is, this is what we're focusing in on today, yesterday and today. He says, okay, now let me take the one that you have. I'm going to give it to the one with 10. For the one who has... The one with 10, more will be given unto him until he overflows with abundance. He said, because you're faithful, because he was faithful, because he did what I wanted him to do and he provided increase, advancement, acceleration. All right, cool. He has, I'm going to give him more. I'm going to give him more until he overflows with abundance. This is, this is why you got to think like God. This is why people get frustrated. They don't understand. They don't understand why. You got people that have so much stuff and God keeps giving them more. And you got people that are like struggling. And it's like, God, why won't you give me something? It's about stewardship and management. We don't know what the, how they're managing what they have. There's this principle in the kingdom that if you manage it well, God will give you more. But if you're not managing it well, 
listen, we'll see what the text says. And so, so people get frustrated because they don't understand that. Why does God continue to give them more? Well, they're managing it well. They're honoring the Lord with it. And that's how God works. He gives them, watch this, more until it overflows with abundance. Somebody say, that's me. That's me. Glory to God. And so, so you want to manage what God is. This is what this, this parable is all about. Then the master said, okay, listen, um, the one that has more, more will be given to him. The one that has little, even the little that he has is going to be taken away from him. Why? Because he was unfaithful. He didn't, he didn't do what I wanted him to do with it, right? He wasn't a good steward. He wasn't a good manager. And then he said to the other servants, take this man away from me. I don't even want to see him. Throw him into the utter darkness where there will be great misery and anguish. Another translation says, weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so what does this mean for you? today. You got to learn how to think like God. God doesn't think like us. And a lot of times we don't think like him. And so, so what does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you about generational blessing, about generational impact. And so put in the chat, say generational blessing. I'm ready. I'm ready. You get it? All right, here we go. Number one, the generational impact of faithfulness towards God. Say this, say, I am faithful towards God. And if you're faithful towards God, it will leave a legacy of righteousness. There's going to be generational impact. Our God is known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <laughs> Why? Because he's a God of generations, right? Abraham was the father of faith. Abraham passed down his faith to his son, Isaac. That, me that means that Isaac didn't have to start where Abraham started. Say this, put this in the chat. My children don't have to start where I started, right? And so Isaac passed down the faith to his son, Jacob. So Jacob didn't need to start where Isaac did. I didn't need to start where my mother started. My mother brought me to, I was born in the United States. So I didn't have to start where she started, right? And so, so her ceiling was my floor. <laughs> and so that's how it, it's supposed to be genera generational impact. One of the reasons why God wants to, you to multiply what he puts in your hands is so that you can leave a legacy of righteousness to your children and your children's children. He wants there to be a generational impact. Now, this is a sad scripture. Uh, Judges 2 and verse 10, very sad scripture. After the generation of Joshua, which was an amazing generation, the Joshua generation was blessed. They took possession of the land. They advanced. They went into, it was a blessing. Say a blessing. The Joshua generation. After the generation of Joshua, Judges chapter 2 and verse 10 says this, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord, nor remember the mighty things that he had just done for Israel. So that generation went from victory to defeat. That generation went backwards because the Joshua generation didn't pass it down to them. There rose up a generation who didn't know God. Read Judges chapter two, and you'll see that they went from victory under Joshua to defeat. And so they went backwards because it wasn't passed down from generation to generation. In God's kingdom, in God's kingdom economy, God desires for faith and resources to be passed down from generation to generation. This is one of the reasons why the principles found in this parable, the parable of the talents, are so important. If you look at the, the descendants of Israel, right? The descendants of Israel, the Israelites, i.e. the Jews, they have no problem receiving wealth from generation to generation. They see it as a blessing and as a responsibility to pass on an inheritance to their children and their children's children. And they get this from the Bible. I'm going to read it for you here in a minute. 
See, it's all about legacy and inheritance. Being faithful in God's economy sets up a legacy of abundance for future generations. Put that in the chat. Say, I set up a legacy of abundance for future generations. Our faithfulness today has implications for future generations. Now, now this may be foreign to a lot of people, right? I came from a culture where my mother didn't get an inheritance from her mother. My mother, when she was old enough, took care of her mother, her mother, right? And so my mother raised me to say, hey, when I'm older, you got to take care of me. Okay, and I, and, I, I, and I take care of my mother right now to this day, and I have zero problem doing it, and I count it a privilege and an honor. But as much as I love what my mother taught me, that's not Bible. That's not biblical. So there's no biblical precedent for the children to have to then take care of their parents, meaning like financially and otherwise. No, the, the biblical teaching is that the parents are supposed to leave it in a legacy and an inheritance for their children and their children's children. So the reason why you want to be a good steward, one of the reasons why is that not only you're not just storing up stuff for you, you're trying to set up a kingdom legacy for your bloodline. Put this in the chat. Say, this is for my bloodline. You are laying down tracks of blessing that, that future generations will experience. God is looking for your actions. Let me say it this way. God is looking for your actions of faith to have a ripple effect in your bloodline. So put this in the chat. Say, my actions will have a ripple effect in my bloodline. What I'm doing today is going to impact my grandchildren. Not just my children, but my children's children. Once again, it's not just about money. Don't don't just be myopic like like it's about money. It's not just about money. It's about passing down faith and wisdom and kingdom principles and setting up your descendants to not have to start where you started. Joshua started where Moses finished. Elijah started where Elijah finished. Their ceiling was the next generation's floor. So say this. Say my my ceiling will be the floor for my children. My, I want my children to take it to another level. It's about multi-generational blessing. All right, Brother Pena, where are you getting this from? I'm going to give you scripture. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 22, the Bible says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. <laughs> but a, a good man, say I'm a good man, and this means man or woman, leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And the same Bible that says that in Proverbs 19 and 14 says, watch this, houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers. So he's saying that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. What is the, inher what is the inheritance? Well, the same Bible says houses and riches are supposed to be part of that inheritance. Now, once again, I didn't grow up with that mentality. I grew, I didn't grow up like that. Like I mean, Isabella didn't grow up like that. My 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 mom gave me a different mentality because we were different living under a different framework. But I got to teach my children. I don't want my children to have to think that when I'm older they're going to have to take care of us financially. That's not what the Bible teaches. I want my children to believe that when I'm older <laughs> that we're going to be leaving a legacy of, of financial stewardship for them 
and their children. That's a, just a different way of thinking. But this is what the Bible teaches. This is why we got to think like God. This is why we got to be transformed to think like God. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than our lives. It's about our children and our children's children. And Proverbs 13 and 22 isn't just a nice saying. It's a kingdom principle. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. Say amen to that. Dr. Bill Winston <laughs> talks a lot about kingdom dominion. I like the way he said this. He says, when you're thinking generationally, you're taking dominion over your future by faith, by works, and you are ensuring that your lineage will be blessed and in a position to be a blessing. Oh, so say this, say, I take dominion over my future, right? What I'm doing right now in 2023 is I'm going to start to release my faith. I'm going to start to believe God that the actions that Rick and Isabella take right now, we are setting up our children and our grandchildren for success, that we are taking kingdom, dominion, power, and authority even over our future. Say amen to that, right? It's just a different way of thinking, but it's what the Bible teaches. Number two, in, in the kingdom, in God's kingdom, faithful stewardship leads to joy and reward. Say joy and reward. So the faithful stewards, what did they do? They entered into the joy of the Lord. So, so they came and they was like, hey, I was faithful. And the master said, hey, son, you've done so well that I want you to experience my joy. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. See, this is not salvation. Salvation is based on Jesus's works only. And so, so when you go stand before God, getting into heaven, that's the only thing, the only thing you could say to get into heaven is I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord, right? And so that's it. But when your works are judged, you're only going to hear well done if you've done well. Your works will be judged and tested by the fire. I told you before, two piles, wood, hay and stubble, gold, silver, precious stones. And once the fire tested it, whatever is not from God is going to be burnt up, right? And so what you want to hear is well done. One of the reasons why I run so hard is because I want to do what I believe that God has called me to do, right? And so I'm just open to doing whatever I believe that God has called me to do. I'm not trying to compare myself to anybody else. Uh, it, it is what it is. I just want to be me. I, I want to be what it is that God has called me to be. I want to be a faithful steward, not just about money. This is about being a faithful steward over your life. See, and when you do that, watch this, say this, eternal rewards start now. So this is something that people say, oh, don't lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust does corrupt. Yeah, but that's, he wasn't saying that God is not going to bless you not right now. God doesn't want you to just make it heaven. God wants you to enjoy the ride. Faithfulness brings rewards in eternity. True. But it also brings rewards right now. And so it's eternal rewards, but you can also experience those things right now. Say amen to that. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus said, no man that, that gave up for me houses or mothers or, or, or uh, land or whatever you sow into the kingdom, he said, you're going to receive a hundredfold now with persecution and with that eternal life. You're going to get eternal life, but you're also going to get a hundredfold now. And so he's saying, I can experience the blessing now and also in the world to come. It's not just about the world to come. It's not just about payday someday. It's not just about one glad morning when this world is over, I'll fly away. It's not, oh baby, I'm just sending up timber for my mansion in heaven. No, God wants us to do some stuff right now. And so I'm going to experience heaven, eternity with God, but there's some things that God wants me to do and he wants me to do it right now. And God does, he's okay with me experiencing the blessing now. So let me give you a testimony uh, real quick about 
when I got to this point about being a faithful steward over your life. I just thought about this because I thought about it from yesterday. Sometimes I have to travel. Sometimes I have to go to these dinners, right? And I'm not complaining, right? I would tell, tell my wife, oh, yeah, I got to go to dinner, eat a steak. And, you know, No, I'm not complaining. But my point is, sometimes I'm on the road. I'm talking to people. I got to go to dinners. That's not really my thing. But anyway, I get back to the room. I got to do today's word the next day. I go to bed. You know, these people want to hang out late and all that. I'm like, yeah, hey, bye. And so I go to go and I got to get up in the morning to do today's word. And, and sometimes the alarm goes off and I'm tired, right? God has provided me the grace to do today's word, but I have to provide the faith and the action. Let's be clear about this for a minute. God has provided me the grace, but I have to provide the faith and the action. If I ever choose one day, which has never happened, by the way, right now, this is year number 26 of today's word. But if I ever choose one day to stay in the bed and just say, I'm going to skip today's word today, and it's never happened in 26 years. But let's just say, if I ever choose one day and say, I, I'm just not going to do today's word. I'm going to be a disobedient today. I feel like being disobedient, I'm not going to do it. If that ever happened, God will let me be disobedient. When Adam went to eat the fruit, God didn't knock the fruit out of his hand. God is not going to kick me out of the bed. God will allow whatever you allow. God will permit whatever you permit. So if I say I'm not going to do it, God will be like, okay, just know that there's consequences, son. <laughs> just know that this disobedience will not unravel your righteousness, but it will unravel your life. Oh, let me say that again. It's not in my notes. Disobedience will not unravel your righteousness. You're still going to be righteous, but it will unravel your life. For 26 years now, whether I was in Bosnia, Kuwait, Korea, Iraq, Germany, hotel rooms, any, everywhere all over the world, I've gotten up. And watch this. I didn't get up with an attitude. I didn't, get, I didn't come reluctantly. I didn't come begrudgingly. No, no. I came saying, man, my calling is calling me. Even if I didn't feel like getting up, once I'm up, that's it. Boom. My calling is calling me. I love it. I get joy from it. I come down here and I do today's word. Man, I feel like I could leap a tall building with a single bound. Why? Because I get joy from it. They, they said, enter, he said, enter now into the joy of the Lord. You have been faithful, son. And because you've been a faithful steward, I want you to experience my joy. The two faithful stewards, they got to experience the joy. And I love their attitude. They came when the master came back. They said, master, guess what? I doubled your money. Oh, glory to God. He was like, look at, look at how excited I am. I doubled your money, sir. Here you go. I, I, it's a privilege. It's an honor to be able to do so. It was, they weren't just doing it begrudgingly. Their heart was in it. It was like, oh, when you know, when I finish today's word and I'm done with today's word and I got to get it out on YouTube and the podcast and I'm done and all that stuff is done. Guess what? When I'm done with all of that, I get this level of satisfaction of knowing, Lord, I did what you wanted me to do. And I do all of this before I start to work, right? And so I, I do today's word. I do all this stuff. I got to put it out on social media, blah, blah, blah. When I'm done with all of that, I'm like, Lord, I did what you wanted me to do. And why? Because I'm doing what I was birthed to do. I am trying to be a good steward over the one life that you gave me. Put in the chat, I will be a good steward. See, now, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. All I'm saying is that for you to get the most out of the one life that God gave you, you got to be a good steward. And when you are a good steward, you're going to experience a joy that exceeds anything that you would ever experience in this world. And you get, watch this, eternal rewards... And God will make sure that you're blessed right now, too. Say amen to that. Glory to God. All right, last point for today as I close. The cost of complacency. Say there is a cost for complacency. Your actions or, or your inactions have consequences. 
Doing nothing is not neutral. It has consequences. <clears throat> There's a danger in doing nothing. Complacency isn't a neutral zone. It's a danger zone. Doing nothing is doing something. Doing nothing when God told you to do something is doing something. Doing nothing if God told you to do something is doing something, and that doing something is disobeying God. <laughs> Complacency and procrastination would put you at risk of losing what you have. Put this in the chat. Say, I will not be complacent and I will not procrastinate. The verse warns us that the servant, even the little that he had, was taken away from him. Why? Because complacency and procrastination don't just steal your time. If you're not careful, they can derail you from your destiny. They are robbers of your destiny. Even the little that you have can be taken away from you if you're complacent and you procrastinate. So in the kingdom, you must have the urgency of the moment. Put this in the chat. Say, I, I live with the urgency of the moment. So you got to know that, that whatever I'm called to do right now, my heart needs to be in it. We must ask, uh, uh, act in faith, without a doubt, without blessing, knowing that if we don't, we run the risk of missing out on God's best. Dr. Miles Monroe said, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but a life without a purpose. Don't miss your moment. Put in the chat, I will not miss my moment. God is a God of times and seasons. If you're complacent, if you procrastinate, you might miss your moment. You might miss, there may be a season where your harvest comes due, but in that season, you're so complacent and you're, so, and you're procrastinating that you miss out. God operates in appointed times. Don't let procrastination make you miss yours. Let me say that again as I close. God operates in appointed times and don't allow procrastination to cause you to miss yours. You got it? All right, let's close this message out. That was a lot, by the way. Those three little points I gave you today, there's a lot in those three points. You might, you might need to listen to this again over the Labor Day weekend. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and declare this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I boldly declare that you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are a generational God. I declare that my faithfulness today is setting up a kingdom legacy for my children and my children's children. I will pass down the faith and your principles to the next generation. My actions have a ripple effect in my bloodline. My ceiling will be their floor. I think generationally, because you think generationally. And my life is a link in a divine chain of blessings. Father, you have provided the grace for my calling. I will provide the faith and the action. I reject complacency and procrastination so I don't lose what I have. I recognize the urgency of now and I will launch out to do whatever you lead me to do. Living with this mindset, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and 
prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button so you can get my notes. You get my notes for free. Why not sign up and get the notes? Put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, as I close and I'll let you go into this weekend, let me just say this real quick. I was talking to somebody that bought the, the 150 affirmations for men, 150 affirmations for women, for him and his wife. And he was like, well, I don't know how to use these books. And so I had to admit, you know, just take a, a little bit of teaching. I said, first of all, the first chapter, like if you read the chapter, you'll understand the importance of your words, but you got to have faith in two places. Let me just close with this faith in two places. The reason why I tell you to make these declarations is when you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you, you got saved, you got born again. You have faith in two places. You have faith in your mouth and in your heart. When you open up, you said the same thing. You confess homologio. You said the same thing as the word of God about Jesus. And that's how you got born again. When you open up the 150 affirmations for men, 150 affirmations for women, and you start declaring, you're saying the same thing as the word of God over your children, over your finances, over your marriage, over your career, whatever, you're going to have whatsoever you say. And so this, say this, say, I speak the language of faith and I will have whatsoever I say. That's enough. That's enough. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing weekend. I'm not going to do today's word on Monday because it's Labor Day, but I'll see you on Tuesday morning. Have a great weekend, y'all. And for those in the Augusta area, I hope to see you on Sunday morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.